Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Talk Kashras, presented by the Kashras Awareness Project in conjunction with Torah Anytime. Today, we are joined by Rav Nachum Rabinowitz, Senior Rabbinic Coordinator with the OU and Rav of the Manastricha Base Medrash in Flatbush. Thank you, Rav Rabinowitz, for being here. Thank you so much for graciously having me. Many people are familiar with the reliable hashkachas here in the United States. People are comfortable at home. They know what they use. They know perhaps what they don't use. They have people to call. I think when traveling abroad, the challenge of kashras is, is just magnified so much. And, and, and people are, are very often unaware and maybe they make assumptions or they stop making phone calls. They're not really sure what to do. We hear this from from many, many people. I'm not talking about when you go to Eretz Yisrael over there. People are maybe perhaps more familiar, but especially when you go to Europe. But uh, based on your experience, could you give us some pointers when someone is traveling overseas, wherever it may be, what should they look for? And, and you know, what guidance could you give them? Okay, I think here in the U.S., we're, on some level, we're spoiled <laughs> because... There's a history of kashras in the United States. Um, there, you know, many stories about a hundred plus years ago in the United States, where, you know, all kinds of scandals, unfortunately, that that went on. Um, kashras was in the hands of individuals. It wasn't in the hands of large organizations. Um, you know, with directors of, of uh, groups of rabbanim who who regulated the way kashras worked, and there were many problems. Um, what I find sometimes is, is that we're blessed here in the United States, um, but not just blessed because of, yes, living in this free country, a country which has been you know, relatively tolerant um, to Jews generally and, and to kashras needs um, you know, more specifically. But I think the kashras consumer, I always feel that the, an educated kashras consumer is the kashras agency's best advocate. Mm-hmm. Because when the consumer want and demand high levels of kashras, then the kashras agencies can translate that, those demands, into real solid standards of kashras in the field. Here in the United States, we have large organizations, nonprofit organizations, that operate with a level of transparency and also with a level, to some extent, of uniformity. And some of that I'll give credit to. There's an organization called ACO, which I was is about to say ACO yeah. gets a lot of credit yeah, for bringing together yeah. kashrus agencies. Right. So yeah. the Association of Kashrus Agencies, Rabbi Sholem Fishbein from Chicago, is the is the head of that organization. Um, it there's information which is shared, and the agencies therefore try to work in a uniform fashion, but they also work with a, a, a great deal of transparency because the professionals talk to one another. Mm. And if something happens in one agency or in one hashkacha, it's often information which is shared with others. So as a result, you can get this type of a uniform, uniformity. there's no complete uniformity in the world, right. but there's, there's certain standards and, and, and demands which we're able to, and, and that's why you can walk into a VAD restaurant or you can go to a caterer in a particular location, or you can pick up a product off a store shelf and feel a level of comfort. Yes, there are different standards, there are different humras that some do or, or would not apply, but it's serious kashras. These are serious people, professionals, who are doing the job the way it should be done. When you travel, so there's a, there's a whole different set of circumstances. 
the, you mentioned Europe. So Europe is, is interesting. Europe is smaller communities, uh, but not just that they're smaller in population, but for some reason the demands of the kosher consumer in, in such locations are not received as well by the companies. They don't feel that need. For example, it's very hard to find products with kosher symbols unless you're oh. buying specialty products either imported from the U.S. or from Israel, which are sold in, in some kosher grocery store. You, you will not find, as you travel through Europe, um, if, if there are, there's very few. Is it simply because the, the, the market is not big enough to make it financially beneficial for the companies? Is that what it is? It's, it's hard to tell. It, the OU, for example, certifies over 2,000 plants in Europe. But the reason that we're certifying those companies is because they sell to the US or they sell to Israel. Mm -hmm. It's not so much for domestic consumption. And even when we try to do this as a service to the European population, the, the Jewish population, we're certifying your product anyway. Right. We're in your plant anyway. The, the products are made under kosher conditions. Why don't you put the symbol right. on the products sold in Europe? And for some reason, it's just not accepted. It's not done. That's interesting. And it, it, but again, here as well, it's not something we should take for granted. Right. I think it's because people are persistent and people said, we want kosher and we want to be able to get those products. And something as, as minor as picking up a phone and calling a consumer hotline of a company to complain if a product is not kosher that could be kosher or to complain if there's a mistake, that tells the, there's not that many people that actually call these that's, lines that's or send emails. Wow. And the more that people do that, the more that they get feedback from the consumer, the more likely these manufacturers are going to try to, um, right. to meet the needs of, of the kosher consumer. I wonder if, if, the, if the attitude in Europe, I'm just, you know, not, not, not the historian, but mm -hmm. uh, if it's still a residue of the, of the you know, uh, anti-semitism from 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 world war ii and so on and and uh, you know people still are, are subjected to a lot of a lot of the dislike towards the jewish community in, in greater europe um i wonder if that's related at all but uh you know very often it comes down to the to the dollar that's a you know that's what we think right. and right. and at the end of the day in, in the united states the kosher market is is a is a tremendous, tremendous market, and, and uh, as you said, we're, we're spoiled here. Right, and I think it was in 1923 that the, um, the OU started its first Ashkacha, which was with the Heinz Company, the H.G. Heinz Company in Pittsburgh. And what was the motivation of a large manufacturer like that? I think it was a women's league of the OU mm -hmm. that solicited the company and said, you know, as what was happening at that time was, uh, products that had often been made in the home were slowly being moving into factories mm -hmm. and they said you know we keep kosher we want to use your product but we'll only use your product if it becomes kosher mm -hmm. and and that sort of started something and you know company after company after company till there are many products that they, they wouldn't dream to bring to market unless it was kosher but these are these are important lessons where you're yeah. saying first of all about the educated consumer is the greatest advocate which is really what this whole Kashrus Awareness Project, Let's Talk Kashrus, is built on. The, the wonderful people who came together to create this project is to educate the consumer so that they could be uh, an advocate. That's number one. And number two, uh, I'm, I'm learning from you, is that never underestimate your power as a consumer. 
in expressing your needs, desires, and wants to the various companies, you never realize how far that could go. So that's, right. that's also right. a very, very right. important lesson. I think statistically, when they look at a phone call or an email or whatever other method of communication that's used, you feel I'm just one person. You may be one out of a hundred people that contact them. Mm -hmm. That's significant. That's one percent. Maybe two people call. And sometimes, I think it was a number of years ago, the Stelladoro company decided that the uh, I think they call it the Strimal cookie. Strimal cookie, <laughs> right? That that <laughs> cookie which um, had a ch par of chocolate filling, and they decided it wasn't worth their while to continue to get the special par of a filling. They'll go with a milchaka filling. And there was such an outcry, and they quickly changed their minds and they went back to making it par. But that's why, whether it's the Nabiscos of the world or the Cheerios of the world, into the General Mills and these companies, we're, we're not that many people, but we're vocal. And we must remain like that. We have to, if, if we're not vocal, um, it's something that we, Halila, we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't lose what we have. So yeah. When someone does go to Europe, what, what should one look for and how does one obtain a list of uh, reliable certifications? Right. Or like you said, there may be kosher products without the symbol on it. How do you, how do you right. determine I what think is that there's another important distinction. Um, many of the kosher agencies in Europe provide lists of products that they recommend. And I think it's important not to confuse recommended products with certified products. You have to realize any product that has a kosher symbol from a reputable kosher agency. What, what's behind that? Number one, there's a registered trademark that they're using which belongs to the kosher agency. They've signed a legal document, a legal agreement with the organization that restricts the ingredients that they use in the product, the manufacturing practices of the product, and the way and how they use the symbol on the product. When you don't have, when you're absent all those the fact that someone made a phone call to a company and you know, did some investigation, that's it's a different, you know, it, maybe in Europe that's what they have to rely on. They don't mm -hmm. have other choices. And they recommend products and you know, I, I, I certainly don't fault you know, or abundum and responsibilities to their communities. They have to make sure that the communities have what to eat. And, and the local people, that's what they have. Um, at the same time, when we're traveling, the fact that we're traveling doesn't mean that we should compromise our standards. If we're accustomed to certain standards, maybe we don't have the same variety that we would have mm -hmm. when we're in the United States. Maybe we don't have the same um, reach that we would have. But uh, you know, we have to we have to be vigilant. And uh, in terms of who to ask, it's interesting. Some rabbanim are familiar; they know the kashra scene, but other rabbanim are not as familiar. You need people who really understand the the professionals in, in the industry that interact with with different agencies and different standards. And it's, you know, nobody likes to talk negatively about another Ashkacha, but when you speak to people who are more in the know, it's easier mm -hmm. to get good information about what um, it meets the standards. It's, it's really, you know, not, not to have to uh, compromise oneself to say, I'm, I'm on vacation, so therefore I'll take a, a secondary yeah. level, um, you know, secondary product. That that's, sort of would spoil the vacation. Well, we appreciate yeah. everything that yeah. you've done, and, yeah. and Rabbanu Machshirim, like yourself, who have made it so comfortable for us here in, in the United States with, with uh, a plethora of, of products, you know, supermarkets that are stocked to, 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 you know, to the gills with all different types of items. 
And uh, definitely when you travel, you start appreciating what you have at home. Oh yeah, and we, and we in Kashrus actually are familiar, not just because we're involved in Kashrus, because we do travel. <laughs> exactly. We go in all kinds exactly. of places and we see the limitations and we see, um, you know, many times it means packing food, packing a canned food or whatever it may be. And um, I would say, you know, the credit, um, obviously the people who are my Nefesh, the people who are out in the field, uh, the really mashkichim are the real warriors for Kashrus, but it's only the cooperation of the, the tzibur, the, the, the public, that demand kashras at the highest standards that make this happen. Well, thank you again. Thank you.